Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working every day to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from being the heroes of our own stories. I am Marcus Barr, and I wanted to share a rather vulnerable story with you on this podcast. And this happened, oh gosh, I guess it was towards the end of winter this year. Wow, it was that long ago. The premise of this episode is that our stories are not just our own. And I hope this example will make more sense about what I'm trying to say here. Back in, I think it was late February of this year, my wife Libby and I went to Leavenworth here in Washington State. And it was the first time that I can ever recall going. It is a beautiful, beautiful place to visit in the mountains over here and there was still a lot of snow on the ground thankfully the roads were very clear and we went to Leavenworth at the suggestion of two of our friends Katie and Brandon in our Dungeons and Dragons group and it was a great time mostly there are a ton of shops, a lot of places to visit, a lot of places to just look around, good places to get food. And we spent the day just walking around town, visiting shops, looking around. We did find some stuff to purchase while we were there. And it was a great time for us to just get out of the house, go visit someplace, just have a day trip. We we are such homebodies that driving like three hours to get somewhere is about as far as we typically go if we're going on a trip. What happened was we were looking for a place to go have lunch and we had walked from one end of this long thoroughfare to another and found, I mean, this place is designed for tourists. They, most of the restaurants had menus on the outside for people to peruse. And probably a good deal of that came about because of COVID back in 2020. And while we are looking around I was looking at this one menu. Libby's standing there. We're kind of looking to see if this is a place that we want to go. And there was this nice couple that were sitting in the the outside dining area of this restaurant that we were considering. And they had a young son who was just doing what young boys do that have a lot of energy. And he was just running around. Didn't want to just sit still. At one point, he actually leaves the fenced-in area of this outside dining and ends up 
kind of coming towards us and then turns around and goes back. And I hear the son's mother absolutely well-intentioned warning her son, hey, you need to get back here and stay with me and your father. And he's like, well, why? And she makes a quick glance towards me and then looks at her son and says, well, what if that man kidnaps you? And that really struck me. For those of you who are only listening and are not watching the video portion of this podcast. Oh gosh, how do I say this? I I guess the best way to say it is that my standard, just the look that I have is, well, can come across as a little aggressive. I'm not much for smiling, I guess, unless I'm like really laughing. Um, I just, with a lot of what's happened in my life, it's like, I, I fully expect that when I get into probably my late fifties or mid fifties into my sixties or something, I'm going to have what they call bulldog cheeks because I'm already getting the creases here between my nose and my lips. And my cheeks are just going to sag because most of the time the muscles in my face are supporting more of a straight or maybe even a, a frown. And I, I don't really, uh, some of it is I don't like my smile. Maybe it's because the muscles are so underdeveloped. It's hard to pull my lips up or anything like that. And bear in mind, we were still wearing face masks at this time as we were going on this trip. Yet I am a bigger, balding, white man. And I was absolutely profiled as a kidnapper or a predator towards children by this child's mother. And that really hit me. That really hit me hard. And we didn't stay around there for too much longer before turning around and going somewhere else because clearly I wasn't welcome there. Just, I don't know why I thought that. Yet, while Libby and I were discussing it, she even made a comment saying that I probably would, that probably wouldn't have happened if I had facial hair, which I do now, but you know, this won't be staying around here forever. I'll, I'll eventually get rid of it and go back to being my clean shaven self. And there was just something about me being a clean shaven, bigger, balding white man that just said predator, predator, predator. And I was absolutely profiled because of it. In this example, I had someone else put her story upon me that I was dangerous, that I was a threat, 
that I was someone that they had to keep an eye on, that they had to protect their child from. Now, uh, this is a whole nother conversation for another day about stranger danger and everything like that. Yet statistics have shown that it's not strangers that are going to be a predator towards young children. It's actually going to be someone that the child knows, even to family members, like immediate family members. In that moment, the story that I was walking wasn't even my own. I didn't belong in that story. And yet I was pulled into it because this woman chose to use me as an example toward her son of someone to be on the lookout for because he's dangerous. When I say that our stories are not our own, this is what I'm referring to. Since there are so many people that we will interact with just in our lives, in our community, within our family, with our friends, a lot of times our stories are not entirely our own because they're going to be entangled with the stories of others. And that can be for the worse, as in this example that I shared. And yet it can also be for our better. When we experience things like betrayal, when we experience things like depression or childhood sexual abuse or spiritual abuse or you name it, whatever the experience happens to be, typically I'm focusing on the negative here and there's a very specific reason for that. And that is because there are support groups that typically help with these specific struggles. And when we are able to share our stories and hear the stories of others, what that inevitably does is it connects us to where I'm not alone in this. And this person understands what I'm going through. It creates this connection between you and others within your sphere of influence. And on the flip side of that, your story becomes intertwined with those that you choose to spend time with. I have more stories now about my Dungeons and Dragons and gaming friends than even some of my own family, just because I'm spending more time with these people. We have incredibly fun experiences. There's a lot of laughter. Last night, Libby and I were playing Stardew Valley with two of these friends, and I just made a comment where it's like, I don't even know how I made it in life without having them in it. They have had that much of an impact on my mental health, on me as a person, and I know that I've had some good influences on them too, and our, our stories have become entangled. There are now pages of my story 
that cannot be complete without having these people on them, without having their names and their actions as a part of my story. So for our betterment and also for the worse at the same time, our stories are not always going to be our own because others will put their own prejudices, their own fears, their own anxieties into our stories to justify some of the decisions that they're making. Oh, that that sounds kind of harsh. As as I was saying that it it sounds harsh. And yet I'm pretty certain that if you think about your own experiences, you can likely come up with examples maybe even similar or just your own observations of how others took their own assumptions and put them on you in order to craft a story about you that wasn't true. Or maybe it was, and it was true for a time. And yet we change. We change for better and for worse. Hopefully we're changing more for better than we are for worse. I feel like there is a thread that is showing up in these last couple of podcasts that I've been recording here. Maybe this is just something that's really big on my mind right now. And that is the importance of who's influencing us. Now, I was upset. I I was upset when this woman profiled me as some kind of child predator. When I was just looking for a place to eat. And I was just wanting to spend the day with my family. But because of how I look and because of just me, she made a judgment, a rash judgment, in order to teach a lesson to her child. I could have let that fester and become a part of my story if I really really fixated on it. But what I chose to do instead was recognize what I was experiencing in that moment. I was not happy. That was a trip-wrecking moment. And I processed what I was feeling, what I was thinking, what had happened, And when Libby and I found a place to eat and we sat down, started talking about some of what was going on, she was able to offer some of her own insights. And I was able to move on from it. I didn't need nor wanted to allow this woman's prejudice to influence my behavior, my personality, because not saying that I would suddenly become a predator because of what she had said, but I could have used that 
to just put a dark cloud over the remainder of this entire trip and not actually have enjoyed the time that we are in Leavenworth. Instead, I chose to acknowledge what was actually happening. It was her story, not mine. It was her prejudice, not my actions, that determined why she said what she did. And I moved on. I was able to enjoy the rest of the day. We had a lot of fun. We walked more than we've walked in a long time. And I was able to look back on this trip and see it as a good healing experience, a time away from the mundane, a time of joy, and a time of connection with Libby. Instead of looking at it as this is a horrible place because of what one woman said to me. This connects back to my conversation about change who you listen to. If you are around people who make you feel like I felt from what this woman had said to me, And if those are the people that you spend most of your time around, then that is going to have an impact on you. Those stories will become entangled with your own. And then you will look back on the pages of your story and see that, oh, there was a lot of garbage that was written on these pages because these were the people that I was around and it wasn't a healthy experience. It wasn't even close to being life-giving. This raises an important question. If we have these kind of people in our lives, why do we spend so much time with them? Why do we keep them in our lives? And there's a lot of different reasons for this. Some of these people could even be our own flesh and blood family. I like to look at my friends that I play games with, that we go on these grand, fantastic adventures as family. Because friends are essentially the family that you get to choose. Your blood family, your flesh and blood family, however, you don't get to choose them. But if they're doing something or saying something that is causing you harm, you don't have to be around that influence all the time if you can help it. Some people have a harder time with this because they can't, they can't move out yet. They don't have the financial means or even the opportunity to be able to move out of their parents' place. I ran into that. I was away for my last two years of college, and I was living by myself. And by the time I graduated, I had to move back into my mom's place because I didn't have a job. I couldn't find a job that I could support myself with, and I needed somewhere to go. And so I moved back in with family. 
some people are in that situation. Maybe that's similar to yours. Maybe it's something more like a roommate. Maybe it's a friend group that you're just choosing to remain with. And the reason why we can do that is because it's comfortable. We know what to expect. This is something that I work with a lot of my clients around. We are working on behavior that they don't want to have in their life anymore. And they really struggle to get rid of it. And the reason why is because our brains are so reluctant to change. Because I I have a friend who knows a ton about science who... I pose this question to just about why, why is it so hard for people to change a lot of these behaviors that they don't want to have in their life anymore? And he pretty much just, he just looked and said, the brain is an incredibly efficient machine and it is always looking for how it can consume the least amount of energy possible to the maximum of its efforts, which is where habits come in. When we are in a habitual state where we are familiar with people, even if they don't treat us the best, we are familiar with them. It's something that's comfortable, as comfortable as this negativity can be. The unknown can be so scary that I would rather stay here with what I do know than to change in order to experience something different. Because what if that thing that is different is worse than what I have now? And it is a difficult thing to navigate with our minds because the habits that have been formed are oftentimes so ingrained that our minds are like, no, I don't want to change this because that means I'm going to have to exert more energy and effort, which means I'm not going to be as efficient. No, thank you. We're going with what's established. There's oftentimes a lot of things that are working against us when we're trying to do this work of being the heroes of our own stories. It can be environment. It can be maladaptive coping mechanisms. It can be habitual negative thought patterns and beliefs that are just coming in and dictating what we do and what we say. It's hard. It is really hard. And some of this stuff isn't even our own. It's someone else putting it into our story. I would say the more you can separate that, the more you can remove those influences and truly have your story be your own, that is going to help you to start to unravel some of these things that are keeping you stuck. Maybe you need to have a different cast of characters coming into your story. 
that's perfectly fine. Go find those people. After all is said and done, what is really important to recognize is you are in control of your story. Even if it may not feel like it, you likely have more control over your story than you know. You have more control than you even give yourself credit for. If you can remove some of these unhelpful influences on your story so that you can be the protagonist in your story and not have someone else dictate what you say and do, then take those chances. It can be so worth it. It's going to be difficult, but it's so worth it in the end. I hope you found this conversation inspiring and I hope it helps you to take some more control over your life and over your story. And bear in mind, I don't have this all figured out either. I'm still working this process. I'm still battling some of my own self-limiting thoughts and beliefs. This is a journey. Are you ready for the journey? And it's okay if you're not. It's okay if you need to take some time to think about it first. If you truly want to be the hero of your own story, though, it will be important for you to start changing who's influencing it. And it should be more you influencing the story than other people. Until next time, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me. Let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.